Okay. Genesis 31, verse 28. And you did not allow me to kiss my sons and my daughters. Now you have done foolishly in so doing. Was that his intention? Jeremiah says the heart is deceitful above all things, desperately wicked. Who can know it? The Christian must guard his heart, purge the heart. Guard the heart, the Solomon said in Proverbs 4.23. Out of it are the issues of life. Holiness um, begins when we stop, when we stop doing evil, when we stop walking, um, doing particularly uh, some things we know that are dead wrong, you know. The man is in Christ, is a new creation. He begins by stopping to do evil. Now, the next level of that uh, struggle is to stop thinking evil. Why is that very necessary for a spiritual person? Because if you continue to think evil, soon you will start doing evil. So somebody is bound to ask, how can a man stop thinking evil? The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 12 that you stop thinking evil by substitution, by substitution. The very last verse of Romans chapter 12, the very last verse. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. You, you cannot leave the mind empty. It is not possible. It is, if it is not thinking good, it is thinking evil. And, and to, to purge the heart. I'll go to verse 2. Go, go up to verse 2. You know, be not conformed. Be not conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So we stop thinking evil by substitution. You catch yourself thinking evil. You don't simply say, oh, I shouldn't be thinking like this. That's a good step. But I should be thinking like this is the real step. You have to counter it because it says, 
do not be overcome by evil. And the only way to do that is to supplant the evil, substitute the evil for good. So these are principles that every Christian needs to learn so that we don't live a lie. You know, say so this man is living a lie. What he's doing and what he's thinking and what he's saying are so poles apart. Okay, now, what you are saying and what you are doing, we can judge. Another person can judge for you and me. But what we are thinking, we have to judge for ourselves. Laban said, I, my real intention, if you had told me you were going, was to kiss my sons and my daughters goodbye. <laughs> and Jacob was like, if you can believe that, then you can believe anything. However, he came up with the truth. It is, what, it is in my power to do you harm. That's really what he came for. But the God of your father spoke to me last night saying, be careful that you speak to Jacob, neither good nor bad. And now you have surely gone because you greatly long for your father's house. But why did you steal my gods? Okay. So, so we, 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 we listen to what people say. And we are allowed we are allowed to wonder what they're thinking, particularly if it slips out, slips out that what they're saying is not really what they're thinking. Because the Bible says out of their, our Lord Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Jacob said, I was afraid. Perhaps you would take your daughters from me by force. You know, there's something about um, Israel um, in their journeys before Israel became a nation. They didn't have any defense. You know, even in the wilderness, you know, I told you they didn't have any armies. They don't have any organized armies. When there's a war, they all just troop out and fight. After the war, everybody returns to their business. That's the way it was. Because God was their protection. When whoever you find your gods, that's the one that, uh, that's the one that uh, killed Rachel. With whomever you find your gods, do not let him live presence of our brethren, identify what I have of yours and take it with me. For Jacob did not know that Rachel had stolen them. That's a question that must remain unanswered. If Jacob had known it was Rachel who stole it, would he have said what he said? That's a difficult one. But we must be quite dispassionate about truth 
But justice, you must be. If we are going to do the will of God, you must encourage, advise, coerce all the people around us to please do the same so that they don't put us in an awkward situation. Very important, you know, like somebody said, if you cannot do good, please don't do evil. If you cannot live a blessing, don't live a curse. Just go quietly. Even though that is almost near impossible. Like I told you of the gentleman that said to me, I know there is God, I know there is devil, but I've asked both of them to leave me alone. And you and I know there's no neutrality. But at least struggle to do good, but don't do evil. Anyway, Laban, despite his confession in the previous chapter, when they were negotiating the wages, he said, I know, I know that God has blessed me because of you. But despite that, he didn't try to find out why. He didn't try to find out why. He came in search of wood and whatever other metal they used to make the God. Something that you can make yourself. You know, idolatry makes God very angry. That's why it is the very first commandment, shall have no other God beside me. Idolatry arouses divine jealousy. Okay? Exodus 34, verse 14. I, the Lord, your God, whose name is jealous. I, the Lord, your God, whose name is jealous, is a jealous God. And jealousy burns like fire, we are told. So nobody should have an idol, whether physical or mental, no idol. There is nothing and there should be no one that must be more important than God, no matter how dear. So it is important that um, you and I so conduct ourselves that uh, God will remain at the center of our lives, the only object of worship in our lives, and the only one in whom we trust and by whom we make our boast. Like David said, my soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad in Psalm 34. It is important, therefore, that uh, we state and restate our position on all these issues so that those who know us and those around us, they will know exactly where we stand. 
they don't have to gainsay it. They don't have to wonder it. Anyway, Rachel was determined to take those gods to Canaan. And Jacob had decreed that whoever has that God, whoever wants to introduce idolatry into Canaan, you should not follow us there. You should not follow us there. And you can see the subterfuge in 35. And she said to her father, let it not displease my Lord that I cannot rise before you for the manner of women is with me. And he searched but did not find the household idols. As we will see subsequently, before they got to Canaan, Jacob took off all their idols, all the servants, all the people, because that's what they trusted. Before they went to Bethel, he buried all of them under the terebinth tree. So these idols must not follow us into Canaan. Well, he gave Jacob the fact that Laban could not trace his idols, gave Jacob opportunity for quote-unquote righteous indignation. You searched all my things. What part of your household things have you found? Okay. Now you could ride the moral high horse and chastise and lambast Laban for accusing him, quote unquote, falsely. So Jacob went into a, a recap of his life. These 20 years, 38 years, I have been with you. Your ewes and your female goats have not miscarried their young, and have not eaten the rams of your flock. That pit was torn by beasts I did not bring to you. I bore the loss of it. You required it from my hand, whether stolen by day or stolen by night. There I was in the day the drought consumed me and the frost by night. My sleep departed from my eyes. Thus, I've been in your house 20 years. I served you 14 years for your two daughters, and six years for your flock. You have changed my wages 10 times. Verse 42, unless the God of my father, the God of Abraham and the fear of Isaac had been with me, surely now you would have sent me away empty-handed. God has seen my affliction and the labor of my hands and rebuked you last night. Now that was Laban's testimony and admission. The God of your father, he came to me last night and warned me. And Jacob said, yes, that's why he warned you. That's why he warned you. Because of all the evil you did to me. Anyway, it's good to have a moral high ground. It is always better than to cut, to be caught, you know, like they say, with your tail between your legs, red-handed doing what is wrong. Every Christian must be very careful, you know, because there's a lot of, you feel a lot of uh, uh, discomfiture, they say, you know, you feel odd, cut out, 
because of what you and I stand for, because of what we believe. That's why we ask for grace. We pray every day for grace to do the right thing for this, because of the name of God by which we are called. Laban had to eat the humble pie. May God always, may we ask the help of the Spirit of God always on this often treacherous road of life so that we don't go unknowingly to do evil or swept into it without realizing it. May that not be our portion. Amen. Amen. Therefore, our God, we join the four living creatures, we join the four and twenty elders, we join the angels and archangels to sing holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. We bow our hearts in humble adoration in the, with the four and twenty elders to say, the worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will and for your pleasure, we all exist and we are created. Lord, we come to give you thanks and praise and worship. We come to give you honor, adoration, and majesty for who you are and for what you do. Every moment to sustain the universe and the entire creation, and to sustain us here gathered by your mercy. 